welcome to Meet the PAs podcast. Hear the experiences of seasoned PAs, up-and-coming development of policy from industry leaders, and the exploration of those new to the career. Interviews done with a Canadian twist at Maple Syrup. Welcome back to Meet the PAs podcast. I'm Becky and I'm here with Rachel. We have a new guest, Ishelle, with us today. She is a physician associate from the UK in the Manchester area. Welcome and thank you so much for being with us. Hi, thank you for having me. So like in the UK, the PA profession is uh, fairly new in Canada as well. So we sort of like to figure out what drew you to the PA profession and how you got there. So my first degree was actually in biology, which I did in Manchester. And part of my degree involved a year in industry. So I worked in a microbiology lab before my final year. And that year kind of showed me that lab work wasn't for me and that I'd rather work with people. So after uni, I decided to start an application to, uh, to study medicine which would mean another four or five years at university and a lot more debt. But at the time, didn't really know of an alternative. So I got a job um, as a healthcare assistant to get some clinical experience at a hospital near where I lived in London um, while I waited to hear back from my application. And one day I was just scrolling through Facebook and there was a guy that I knew from uni who had gone on to do postgrad medicine at Manchester and he kind of gone on a rant about this new course that was starting and how he should have done that course instead. So obviously I was quite intrigued. I clicked on the link and that was how I first found out about physician associates. I'd never heard of the role before. I didn't really know anything about it, but the more I read, the more I was like, this sounds like the perfect thing for me. Because I had a lot of friends who were studying medicine and I was working in the hospital myself. So I was under no illusions about the struggle of being a doctor in terms of shift patterns, you know, working nights, weekends, having to move around the country for training opportunities and so on. Whereas this role sounded more flexible, had a better work-life balance and actually took into account that I already had a degree and would only need another two more years at uni. And I'd already done my undergrad at Manchester, so it helped that I would be going back to a city I was already familiar with. Um, and this course in particular was a pilot scheme for the northwest of England. So it meant that the tuition was funded. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a no brainer. Um, so in the end, I was actually offered an interview for medicine at King's College, but I didn't end up going because I was already in my first week of PA course. Okay, so you were part of the pilot program, right? Did I hear you say that right? Yes. Yeah, so the PA, like, the physician associate course has been available in the UK for just over 10 years, but it started down in London. Um, whereas my course was the first course to be hosted in the Northwest over three universities, including Manchester. So yeah, it was a brand new role in the region. Wow. And how many students were there? So at my university, um, there was about 60. Um, there was about another 60 at Liverpool um, and about 30 uh, at UCLan. Wow, those are large classes. We get 60 grads from all of our programs in Canada per year, roughly. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> okay, great. And what is what does the typical program consist of? Um, so it just depends on what kind of university you go to, um, whether it already has a medical school, because um, some of the universities don't. And a lot of the PA courses uh, that are held at unis with medical schools will follow kind of a similar system to their medical school. So at Manchester, they focus a lot on problem-based learning. Um, so it's kind of you get given a case, you work through it uh, throughout the week, and then you come back together in a group and discuss the case and make sure that you've met the kind of learning objectives <clears throat> with a tutor. We'd also um, have lectures, obviously. We had anatomy sessions. What else did we have? We'd have um, pharmacology sessions. Um, yeah. And this part of the training is one or two years in length? It's two years um, postgraduate. Yeah. So you need to have an undergraduate in either life sciences or some kind of health related science. Um, and then the course is either a postgraduate diploma, which my one was, um, but now most of them are becoming a master's. Right. Right. And we've actually heard some talk about PAs in the UK being interested in some PhD programs or, or something further beyond the master's level? Um, I haven't really heard much about it. I'm sure there are probably, you know, research opportunities and things, but I myself haven't heard of anything PA specific. Fair no, I haven't. I haven't heard any of anything ready to go. I heard some grumblings. <laughs> and in your, the program you went to, did you, how did your placements work? Like, did you do them throughout the program or did you have like chunks of time where you were doing like we call it clerkship here but like placements in hospitals and medical clinics so the year is kind of all like structured and set up before you start so we get four months or 16 weeks at university we were kind of just taught medicine before we start our first placements and in the first year the placements are eight weeks long so we get three different placements. Uh, one of them will be GP, general practice or primary care. I'm not sure what you guys call it out there. <laughs> yeah. And then the other two will be usually hospital based. That's in your first year? Yeah. So we'll do eight weeks at a placement. Then we'll come back to uni for, I think, two weeks before we go back out for another eight weeks at a different placement. Come back to uni for two weeks and then go out on our final placement before we sit um, first year exams. And then in the second year, um, the placements are a lot more shorter. They are three weeks and uh, you kind of rotate around specialities like pediatrics, um, psychiatry, emergency medicine. I can't quite remember what the other ones are, but they're a lot more shorter. Um, but you do the three weeks like back to back. So it ends up being like six weeks and then you come back to uni. And you go back out for six weeks and then come back. So it's interspersed into the course. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Typically in North America, the first year is all sort of didactic classroom work. And then the second year is all placement. Mm, yeah, I think it, it does vary amongst the unions. Okay. I'm not sure. So that's interesting. I, I, I like that perspective, though. Then you actually get some hands-on experience really right away, almost right away after that 16 weeks of of your classes going you start quickly that that's great would actually make it easier yeah you'd be able to consolidate all the information you've just learned into like real life apply it yeah, yeah. let's see it makes yeah. sense great 
So right now, where are you working? What type of facility? Um, so I'm working in Manchester in a hospital. I'm currently working in cardiology. Okay, great. And do you do typically um, inpatient, outpatient, a combination? Um, mostly inpatient okay. at the moment. So I've been working for a year at my current hospital and I've just been made a permanent member of the cardiology department. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. During my first year, I was supposed to be doing three rotations in medicine as part of kind of like an internship here. Um, so I started off in cardiology for four months and then I moved on to renal medicine for four months. And my final rotation was supposed to be in hematology but that ended up falling through. So I ended up going back to cardiology, which is where I am now. So that you actually, out. yeah, you found you met these people before they even had a, a job opening or posting. You connected with them and, and it worked out. Um, so I'd actually done my in first year was in cardiology, which is where I met my current supervisor. Um, so then when they put out a job and I went to the interview, you know, I had quite a bit to say about cardiology. Yeah. Is that, do you feel like that is something that current students in the UK should be taking advantage of and something that they should be aware of? Do you mean, um, so, sorry, I think you may have misunderstood about the internship year. So um, the internship year was offered to me as like a job, but it's still a job. Um, like it's still paid. Oh, I did misunderstand that. Yeah, um, so it's just paid at a one band lower than than normal, I guess. Um, it's kind of a touchy subject, actually, <laughs> because um, salary across the UK isn't uniform necessarily. So in some places in the country, you can be a newly qualified PA and be a band seven, which is um, you know, the NHS banding system that we have here, um, whereas other places will offer you you know, an internship year at a band six um, with the view that you'd be more supported um, and you've got the opportunity to do rotations if you want and things like that. Wow. Okay. So the internship year is something that you do after you've already qualified your registered PA and you've passed all of your exams. Yeah. yeah. It is like hospital specific, like site specific, whether or not they would offer that to you or they'd offer you a screen internship. Yeah. No, it's just, it just depends where the jobs are and who's offering. And how, so what's the conversation like right now with uh, you and your colleagues around this topic? Well, the, my colleagues all work in the, the Northwest and in the Northwest, that seems to be the norm that you have a band six internship year before you progress to the band seven kind of permanent role. And how is the job situation then? in general. So are there lots of job opportunities available in the Northwest or is it difficult? I think that there are enough, but they're not always available, say at the same time or necessarily available when rounds are over. So there's always that stress. Everyone applies for the first thing that comes out um, and then you're kind of left in limbo while you're waiting for other things to become available. Mm -hmm. um, I think as the as the universities churn out more graduates, there will be more jobs available um, as other GP practices and hospitals like catch on to the whole PA thing and how to use them, then there will be more jobs. That makes sense. That's what yes. I'm hoping happens here too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's 
like a what's a typical day for you in your role in cardiology? So typically, I've recently started uh, working from eight till four compared to the doctors who start at nine and finish at five. Um, and that's kind of to allow me to come in a bit earlier and prepare the notes of any new patients that have come in overnight, uh, check observations and blood results and things. So that when the consultant and doctor arrive at nine o'clock for the ward round, everything's kind of ready and it's a bit more efficient and quicker. So then on the ward round, myself and the doctor will take it in turns to present each patient and document the plan. Uh, and that takes up most of the morning <laughs> and the afternoon. <laughs> the afternoon is spent uh, doing the jobs that we, you know, we've planned, um, which can range from you know ordering imaging to speaking to microbiology for advice or cannulating someone. And then if someone is unwell, they've got like a new issue, either myself or the doctor will go and see them. I'll take a history, do an examination, and then I'll discuss it with the doctor, make sure they agree with my suggestions, and then put things in place. Sounds Fairly typical. Fairly typical day here as well, yeah. yeah. And what is the relationship like with, uh, how many supervising physicians do you have actually? Do you just have one or do you have several? So I have a supervisor. Okay. So she is a consultant cardiologist. Um, and she's kind of the person that I'll go and speak to if I've got any queries about like my role um, or like to catch up about how I'm doing. She'll do my appraisals and that kind of thing. Um, and she's kind of the one that will say, yes, you can do this or no, you can't do this. Um, but she recognizes that I'm kind of like the constant in the department now mm -hmm. because the junior doctor. Whereas I'm going to be there. So she's kind of organized extra training for me, such as like being able to do echoes and things. But the consultant in charge changes every week, like on the wards. So I get to meet several consultants um, each week. But mostly I work alongside the junior doctors and clinical fellows. Uh, they're kind of my first port of call if I'm unsure of anything. They're always there on the wards with me. I'm not supposed to be left alone on the ward. Um, so I'm really dependent on them for all kind of prescribing because I'm not a prescriber and no PAs are. Yeah, now that you brought that topic up, let's talk about it. <laughs> so currently you can't prescribe at all right and what is the what is the plan coming up the future hold for that yeah so we are not prescribers and we also can't order any imaging that involves ionizing radiation like uh, x-rays and ct scans can't order so, x-rays um, no we can't oh wow that is that has to be very frustrating <laughs> yeah it is it is, especially when it's the consultant's decision. It's not me making the decision off my own back. You know, they're the ones that want it, and it would just be me making the order, but I, I'm not allowed to. And what? It, okay, so what? What is the government saying about this? Like, are they because they're obviously backing the PA role, and they've committed to the to the profession and putting out regulation. So is there a plan to eventually allow prescribing rights as well as ordering imaging? Yeah, so the, the main issue, the, the thing that stops us being able to do that is the regulation because we have no formal regulation as a profession. Um, that's why we're not allowed to do these things. We have a voluntary register, which is managed by the Faculty of Physician Associates. And, that, and we have to sign up to that to get a job anyway. So it's not really voluntary. Right. 
Um, but yeah, the government has agreed to create leg legislation to regulate PAs, but because of current issues with Brexit and other things happening, it's not really their agenda. So it's probably going to take a few years to get that legislation through. But once we get compulsory regulation, then hopefully we'd be able to take on those responsibilities. We also have a regulation issue here, there, and it's done province by province here. So some provinces have regulation and others don't, and some provinces don't even have PAs. So we're kind of all over the map with that. But one of the ways around it that we have been using is that we have delegated, de acts. delegated acts. So the physician and the hospital can agree that these acts are going to be delegated to a PA by the physician, and they can include a number of things, including, of course, imaging and uh, prescribing. Is, is there something equivalent to that in the UK or no? No, um, there isn't an equivalent. So there are there are PAs that have been nurses in the past um, and nurses or advanced nurse practitioners um, can get prescribing rights. Mm -hmm. So I've got a friend who was previously um, a nurse or a podiatrist and they were able to prescribe as those professions. But as a PA, they, they can't. So if you're a physician associate, you cannot prescribe. That is very frustrating. And then how does that play into the into the job market? Because as far as you know, a physician practice goes, although you can be very helpful, they certainly still have to be present because you can't order a prescribed. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think people know when they're employing PAs, you know, they're aware of those limitations. Um, but, you know, they know that we can be a big help and we still are that extra pair of hands that they're happy to have us around. And, you know, the doctors are always happy for us to help with jobs. It's, it doesn't always have to involve prescribing, even just going to see a patient when they're unwell, you know, and then coming back and discussing with them saves them a lot of time. So we're still helping that way. Agreed. Agreed. And how is the, has the reception been with other uh, medical professionals, so, such as the nursing community, uh, et cetera? Um, I think, well, speaking from Manchester perspective, I think a lot of people still don't really know <laughs> who we are or what the profession is unless they've worked alongside a PA, which given that myself and the other PA are the only ones in the hospital uh, so far, you know, many people haven't been exposed to us. Um, luckily, actually, this week there are a new batch of PAs starting at my hospital, so we are growing in number. <laughs> um, I think the reception, once they get to know us and what we're about, um, you know, they're really happy to have us there. Again, it's just about helping, helping out and lending a hand. Oh, no, it's very helpful. I completely agree. I completely agree with you on that. And how about the public's reception as far as patients go? Have, they, have you had any issues or for the most part are they... Are they willing to be seen by you? Oh, yeah. Um, the public, again, they probably don't really know what a physician associate is. Even when I introduce myself, you know, as a physician associate, and I'll explain that I'm not a doctor, um, they will still call me a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that happens here sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is strange for them as well. If you imagine, like, asking a question, what do you think? physician associate rather than what do you think doctor it's just a bit of a mouthful it sounds weird but I think it's also visual um I don't wear a uniform whereas like the nurses uh physiotherapists uh, occupational therapists etc they all have um 
uniforms that are color coded. Um, whereas I just wear work clothes and I wear a stethoscope. So for them, I just look like a doctor. So it makes sense. No, completely. We, ha we have that too. And for the most part, I think we feel like, you know, you do your best, but we don't want to harp. We don't need to take up 20 minutes explaining that we're not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, often often they don't really mind what your title is. They just want to be, you know, listened to and looked after. So Exactly. They're probably just happy to be being seen in a timely manner. Yeah. So I'm sort of shifting gears a little bit. So what inspired you to start your blog? First of all, tell us what your blog is and where we can go to it. And then, yes. <laughs> then what inspired you? <laughs> okay. Um, so my blog is called Not Doctor. Um, that's kind of you know, taken from that classic phrase that I have to say every day um, <laughs> when someone calls me a doctor or a nurse that doesn't really know me comes up to me and they're like, oh, can you prescribe this? And I'm like, sorry, I'm not a prescriber, I'm not a doctor. Um, so that's why it's called that. Um, I kind of started it last year in July. Um, I just got into like Instagram and using that and I'd seen, I started following a lot of um, American PAs and I saw that they were using like their pages to educate other people about what they were learning at school or what they were doing at work. And I thought that's a really good idea for the UK because there's not a lot of information for us here. And, you know, we are a small group of professionals. And um, so I thought as well to extend that to a blog and post, you know, hints and tips and experiences so that other people could get an insight that way. Um, I'd never met a PA myself as a student, so I knew that there were probably other people out there um, that were in a similar position. Yeah, definitely. And how has the reception been so far of your blog? Yeah, it's been really positive and it's doing better than I thought it would. Like I get a lot of um, messages and emails um, from people asking, you know, about maybe help with interviews or help with what books to get. Um, and even just like messages thanking me for the information I'm getting out there. Um, I've been messaged by people abroad asking me like how it is to work in the UK. Um, and I've been offered opportunities because of the blog, like this podcast being one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely how you, how we found you was your blog and your Instagram. So yeah. Uh, no question people on the international level are paying attention to the work and effort that you're putting forward thank you Do you have a vision for it going forward is your plan to continue as is or expand into different places with it so because I've been getting quite a lot of messages asking about interview help um, in particular and I'm often just given generic info or you know um kind of telling them to go back to the blog and have a read of a certain article I've written because I'm quite busy I don't always have time to ask them specifics about what they're applying for or more about themselves yeah I am trying to actually start providing a service to help people with you know getting into PA school or getting a PA job um kind of through my blog so that I can you know make the time to actually find out about them and what they're applying for and then kind of tailor my advice based on that that's a great idea yeah that sounds yeah. wonderful so when is, is that going to be starting or do you not have an anticipated date yet? I hope to get it started within the next month, really. Okay, great. So coming up pretty soon. And uh, <laughs> yeah. for, where can people go to, to find more information about that on your blog? 
Um, yeah, so I'm probably going to set up um, a page on my blog um, to do it through that. And then I'll put up some Instagram posts just to let people know about it. Perfect. And your, your uh, website is notadoctor.co.uk. And of course, we'll put the link to that in the, in the description of our post. And in addition to that, because you're one busy person, in addition to that, you are also the regional representative for the Northern PA Forum. Is that, is that, did I say the title right? Um, so it's currently the Northwest, the Northwest mm -hmm. Forum. Yeah. yeah, Northwest PA Forum. And we'll also put a link to that website in the description. Could you tell us what that is and what your role within that is? Yeah. Um, so um, the Northwest Physician Associate Forum was set up around the end of last year. Um, I was basically, again, it was through my Instagram page. The chair of the committee contacted me and asked if I wanted to be part of this and that I should apply. So obviously I applied um, and was given the regional representative role, which I'll explain a bit about in a bit. Um, so the forum itself was actually set up to act as kind of a central platform for students and qualified PAs in the Northwest, um, kind of like a hub where everyone can like connect and network and support each other. Because there isn't really like that at the moment for anyone in the UK. Um, so we're kind of just keeping it to the Northwest at the moment. Um, the committee is made up of students and qualified PAs and we represent the interests of both of those groups. Um, so we've got a website and we've got some social media pages. Um, we've got a, so a Facebook group. Um, I think we've got a LinkedIn account and a Twitter page. Oh. Um, yeah, and we kind of offer information about study days um, job opportunities, um, PA news, that kind of thing. Oh, cool. Support, something that's really needed in a profession that's so new. You can, it can feel really lonely out there. Yeah, so um, as well as obviously that, we've each member of the committee has like a role. So my role as the regional representative, and that's specific to qualified PA. So I have a counterpart who um, is the same role, but for students. So for me, um, what I'll be doing is setting up um, like a subcommittee um, where I'll have qualified PAs from each GP practice um, and hospital. And they'll, they'll be in charge of kind of getting, gaining feedback from the PAs that they work with at their sites um, and feeding that back to me. And then I would then feed that back onto the forum. We'll see how, you know, we can facilitate things or, you know, work out issues. Um, just so there's a bit more structure and continuity across the region. And a consensus voice on presenting. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I'm, I really wish you the best of luck with that project and I hope it continues. It's something that's probably really needed in multiple areas of the country. Yeah. Are you originally from Manchester? Uh, no, I'm originally from London. And is it just school that made you go to Manchester? Or, um, yes, I went up um, back in 2011 to do my undergraduate um, and then I came back home for a few months um, and then I went back for the PA course and obviously got a job there and I've, I've stayed there. I really like Manchester. Um, it's obviously smaller than London, um, but it's got everything you need. It's cheaper. <laughs> Cheap, <laughs> so, right. You can afford to live yeah. there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'd probably stay there for the foreseeable future. Well, fantastic. 
are you okay if anyone in our listeners' audiences uh, reaches out to contact you with their questions or comments, and especially related to your, your blog or the Northwest PA Forum? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got um, an email address on my website, and they can message me through Instagram as well. Okay, we'll make sure to post all of your contact information in the, what do we call that? The show notes. That's what we call that. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. We very much appreciate it, Ashel, and uh, we wish you the best of luck both with the um, forum, the new forum, as well as your blog. And for the rest of you, please remember to like, subscribe, and send us your comments. Yes, and follow Not a Doctor. And follow Not a Doctor on on Meet the PA's podcast is sponsored by pahelpers.ca, where you can find all your Canadian exam prep needs. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit us at mtppodcast.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and we would love your feedback.